Alright, welcome to a Friday edition of the Locked On Longhorns Podcast. I'm your host, Patrick Khan. You can follow me on Twitter at Pat Sports Guy. You can follow Cammy at CammyNG. Follow the show at LO underscore Longhorns on Twitter. Cammy, it is Friday, but it doesn't feel like Friday because inside of quarantine, time is a flat circle. Yes, and at least we know what day it is. I mean, that's a positive because I'm really only on a time schedule. I'm not really on a day schedule anymore. Yeah, I don't. The only reason I keep up with the day is because I have to say it on the podcast on which day it is. Well, that's a start. At least we're doing something, right? Or the fact that I have to keep up with what schoolwork my daughter has to do for that day. Yeah, I think the only good part about the weekends being here right now is that I guess people like us who are working can sleep in a little bit if they prefer. Maybe not, but that's what I plan to do tomorrow. I sleep in if I feel like it anyway, you know, because work doesn't start until I get up and get moving. Gotcha. Lucky you. Uh, I guess that's what I guess that's the uh, benefit of it. Okay, so we're going to get into some football talk. It is Friday, so let's make this a football Friday. Let's talk nothing but football. Oh, I like that. Football Friday. Well, let's start off with a positive. Sam Ellinger is raising money to help those in need during this COVID-19 pandemic, which is shocking to me considering didn't Trevor Lawrence just have to take his down? Yeah, he did. Actually, the same day that uh, Trevor Lawrence and his girlfriend actually put theirs up, their GoFundMe page, and a lot of people assumed it was deleted due to NCAA regulations and things like that, but it ended up having to do with Clemson, um, their school as a whole. So um, Sam Ellinger actually got his approved, and um, that just goes to show again how we always mention he's just literally the true role model leader, both on and off the field, that you could ever hope to lead your football program, but Yeah, Ellinger announced to his social media platforms this morning, actually, that he created one of those GoFundMe pages to assist those impacted uh, by the coronavirus, like you mentioned. And the overall goal of the page is set at $1 million. So that would be um, obviously some huge relief. And he plans to uh, donate that to organizations both nationally and locally. Uh, He mentioned both the Boys and Girls Club of America, Austin Pets Live, and the Central Texas Food Bank which we mentioned Tom Herman actually donated to the Central Texas Food Bank as well. But um, he also expressed his gratitude towards University of Texas compliance staff for allowing him to create this avenue of relief. And obviously the NCAA had approved that as well. But um, I thought it was a great gesture. And he just, I guess, really the Longhorns are fortunate to have a player with such high character um, and role model kind of attributes um, to lead their program. Yeah, it is good a great thing that he's doing um if if you're interested in helping out if you want to donate uh you can go to go to sam ellinger's twitter account um you can also go over to longhornswire.usatoday.com we have a link to the story up there so that you can find the find the page so you can make your contributions help out any way that you can so now cammy we have some negative news to throw in here which I hate to, you know, start off positive and then go right to the negative, but Kirk Herbstreit doesn't think there's going to be a football season. 
Yeah, I think that's kind of circling back to what we discussed briefly yesterday, that it's such a fluid situation that I think any of the opinions and news and things that come out within the next couple of weeks are just uh, guesstimates and kind of predictions and things like that. But I think it's still way too early to tell when this all dies down and decreases and um, we can go back to normal daily living. I think that's still up in the air. So I think I'm kind of coming out and saying that you think it will be canceled is a little premature. I also don't think it will start right on time. So I'm kind of in the middle just waiting to see what happens. Well, he went on ESPN radio and said that he he would be shocked if college football and the NFL even happened this fall. Uh, What would they do if you think about that? Like, I think it it very realistically will or could be delayed a little bit, uh, especially since spring practices aren't able to happen right now. And obviously that's going to impact the NFL training camps and things like that. But how would they necessarily go about that? Would they just skip the season altogether? Would they just start and – I don't know. I mean, it'd be similar to what they did with basketball and baseball. I mean, baseball's been postponed. I think if baseball gets going at some point, then I don't see any reason why football shouldn't. That's true. And you're talking about Major League Baseball, right? Right, right. Major yeah. League Baseball. Um, yeah, it's going to be a tough deal. It's it's rough all the way around, but, uh, you know, it's tough. And, you know, we've been hearing college coaches have been worried about the 2020 season as well. So, and. Yeah, and that's understandable because, I mean, you're you're supposed to be in spring practices right now and strength and conditioning and all that, and you're preparing for. And that's kind of where champions are made in the spring. So, um, I can see why they're kind of um, uncertain or uneasy about it, not knowing when it's going to begin. I think that's the hardest part is the unknown, because I think if there is an actual date that you could look forward to, okay, we're going to start at this date, it'd be much easier to comprehend. But I think the unknown is what is kind of give everyone, giving everyone a little bit of anxiety at the moment. Yeah, I think they had originally set a date to reconvene on, I believe it was April 15th on certain sports mm-hmm. uh, with the Big 12 Conference, looking into everything. So, I mean, I think that's still the date that we're going to maybe get a little more clarity. I don't think we're going to get full clarity for a while. Um, you know, if you talk with people in the medical you know, fields, uh, like my father, he works in the medical field. And he told me, he goes, well, they haven't even hit their peak yet. And that's that's the big thing that they're worried about is what's the peak. You know? Yeah. And I think even by mid-April, um, they're worried about even like retail stores and restaurants and things like that being open by then. So those aren't, those have to be open first, obviously those have to be accessible first before we even get back into the discussion of um, sports and things like that, because obviously it includes a big group of people. And so I think once uh, I guess large businesses start reopening, I'll start having a little more hope that we're kind of nearing the end of this whole pandemic. All right, we're coming up next. We're going to get into some top 10 college football games that could define the 2020 to 21 playoff run in college football. All right, so, Cammie, now we have the top 10 college football games that could define the playoff run in the upcoming season, should there be a college football season. Barrett Sully from CBS Sports put together a list of top 10 college football games. And when you know it, Texas is on there. 
We are actually on there twice, which I was kind of surprised about. But um, we're actually at number 10, Texas at LSU on September 12th. Um, That's obviously an away game for the Longhorns. And then we're actually also at number five, Texas versus Oklahoma. Obviously, that's the Red River rivalry on October 10th. Um, That's one, obviously, that uh, most would assume would be on this list. But I'm kind of surprised to put LSU on this list uh, versus Texas just because obviously we're looking at a whole new LSU team, new offensive coordinator, things like that, or passing coordinator, I should say. So um, that one, that game should be interesting, but it will be a measuring stick for Texas early on. Uh, like I mentioned, uh, that was September 12th. I think that that game is obviously a big game for both programs. Obviously, Texas looking to announce to the world that they're going to make a playoff run. Um, and then LSU obviously wanting to announce to the world that they weren't a one-hit wonder and that they can come back the next season and be just as competitive. Um, you know, they're going to have some issues now that Joe Brady's not there, no Joe Burrow. Uh, how are they going to look? I mean, they still recruit very well, and you got to tip your cap to Coach Ed Orgeron. He does a fantastic job. It's just going to be interesting to see if, if Texas – and get over the hump and beat yeah. LSU next of It kind of reminds me of the game uh, last season, um, obviously in Austin, because that was an early on measuring stick for both teams. And obviously LSU went on to win the national championship and um, didn't lose the game after that. So I think it's kind of similar as the game last year. Yeah, and then obviously the second game listed on here, Texas and Oklahoma. I mean, it's a big game every year. Yeah, and they actually in the preseason should, or I guess the beginning of the season, should both be ranked. Um, Obviously, that's about a month and a half into the season almost. So um, we could be looking at uh, two highly ranked teams by then. Could be. And I think the latest poll from Sporting News had Texas at 13. So – they should be, and by the time that they play, hopefully it's two top ten teams. College game day be there, you know, make a great envi- great environment for a college football game, big time matchup. It's always a good, it's always a fun atmosphere when those two teams get together. So that would just make it even more epic. Oh, for sure. And obviously, Oklahoma has dominated the Big 12 with five straight conference titles. So um, this game always played a large part into getting to that game. And it would be really cool to see Ellinger um, finally win that in his senior season. Speaking of the Big 12, Odd Shark has put out their odds to win the Big 12. Yeah, let me guess. Oklahoma. Oklahoma at minus 125. And Texas was right behind with what? Uh, plus 150. Gotcha. Yeah, that's about accurate. It seems like every uh, national media uh, website or whatever putting out those odds and predictions has kind of put Oklahoma, then Texas, followed by Oklahoma State. Um, and that's kind of how the rankings is fell as well. Here's my shocker. They have Iowa State with the fourth best odds at 1,200. Oof. Yeah, that's – I mean, honestly, the, the top – Three is uh, fairly set in stone, I think, at both rankings-wise and odd-wise. But after Oklahoma State, I think it's anyone's game. It's it's Iowa State at plus 1,200, and then they have Baylor and West Virginia at plus 1,600. Kansas State 
is plus 2,500. Yeah, I would maybe put Baylor at the fourth spot. Uh, TCU is at plus 2,800. Texas Tech is plus 4,000. Wow. (laughs) Here's my bet. Here's my bet. I'm going to throw 100 bucks on it. I'm going to take Kansas at plus 10,000. Dang. Because if they win, I mean, I'm going to make a lot of money. Yeah, well, make sure you put your money. Yeah, right. I'm not putting $100 on Kansas. I can't trust that. I know. It'd be a waste of $100. True. But yeah, I I think that's fairly uh, solid. I know, obviously, the top three are, and I think I would put Baylor at number four. But other than that, um, I think it's pretty safe odds. Yeah, and, you know, it's hard to predict, you know, how things will go. But I don't know. I, I have to say that plus 150 for Texas looks pretty good. I agree. I think um, Texas should beat Oklahoma twice this season. So I'm obviously not one to really play it safe, but obviously they have the talent to do so. Yeah, they definitely do. All right, so coming up next, we are going to get into a what if the 2005 National Championship team played the 2009 National Runner-Up. All right, Cammie, so recently Griffin McVeigh wrote in an article on Longhorns Wire about what if the 2005 and the 2009 teams played each other? Who would win? And it was close on the simulations that they ran. But let me just say this. I think 2005 would absolutely destroy the 2019. Well, I think at first glance, the majority of people would obviously pick the 2005 team, but I think it's closer than people um, really give it credit for because obviously it's the same coach and Mac Brown there. You have two fantastic quarterbacks in Colt McCoy and Vince Young. So it's a tough one. And, and I mean, as dominant as Vince Young uh, was in college, Colt McCoy also had weapons like Jordan Shipley. And on the other side of the ball was the, the best defensive back in Earl Thomas to ever even play at Texas. But the 2005 team also had Jamal Charles along with Vince Young. So this is harder than I thought. I'd still lean 2005 a little, but I think it's a lot closer than people think i i I don't i don't know because like you said you had vince young and and jamal charles and selvin young were on that team chris obanaya was a freshman that year Uh, they had a lot of good players Quan cosby was you know that was his first year there Mm -hmm. i mean they had so much talent up and down but i think that offensive line was just so much better than the 2009 team when you yeah. talk about Justin Blaylock and, you know, Jonathan Scott, and, you know, you can go up and down that line. And honestly, when you look over at the defensive side, you know, with Tim Crowder, you know, Brian Robinson, there's mm-hmm. so many players up and down that roster that went on to play in the NFL. And so when I, when I look at them, it's just, it's hard for me to say, you know, you had Michael Griffin and Michael Huff. At the same time, in that backfield, right. mm-hmm. I just I just think when you look at everybody that was involved, I mean, not to discount anything the 2009 team did. I mean, obviously they went all the way to the national championship, but that 2005 team, to me, is one of the best college football teams of all time. Yeah, and this really makes me wish we could see those two teams play each other. Obviously, we never will, but I agree. I'd still lean 2005, but. I just think it's closer than people would give it credit for. I mean, I, I'm sure that they could have some close games, kind of like if, you know, the 
the old adage is if you played this 10 times, how many times would you win? Could you win once or twice? I mean, I think they could win three games against them, but I think the majority of the time the 2005 team will win because you yeah. obviously you have off games. Like, mm-hmm. it happens. But, yeah, it's an interesting argument, discussion, debate. I agree. That was very creative of Griffin to do. All right, so Pro Football Focus put out has put out these lists where the top – Big 12 player returning was Sam Ellinger. And now they put out their top list of the top offensive linemen returning in the Big 12. And Texas is well represented. They are. And it wasn't even close. So Pro Football Focus, um, their Pro Football Focus draft Twitter, for example, that only covers college, um, actually tweeted out their top returning Big 12 offensive lineman yesterday. And Sam Cosme from Texas was in the number one spot. Um, his grade was 83.9. And the next closest at the number two spot was Ely from Oklahoma. And he was at a 73.4. So Cosme was at least 10 points ahead in terms of the overall grade. So not only do we have the best player returning in the Big 12, we also have the best offensive lineman returning in the Big 12. Yeah, and the interesting part, of that was the player that I did not see on that list that got a lot of hype, you know, heading into the draft who decided to come back was Creed Humphrey from Oklahoma. And I didn't see him on the list. And I was like, Hmm, that's interesting because a guy who received a lot of hype is not one of the top returning linemen coming back to school. Yeah. And we also have a second offensive lineman from Texas. That was actually in the number three spot, uh, Kirk Stetter. Um, he was at a 71.7 grade, so we almost had the top two spots. It, it was close. It's close. And you have to think when you have the top – and that I think that kind of feeds into the hype of Texas this season because you have the top-rated quarterback, top-rated player, and then you have two of the top three linemen returning. So it seems like everything is lining up for for the hype train to take off. I agree, and um, I don't think anyone has more pressure on them right now than Tom Herman, so hopefully it works out. Let's talk about pressure. How much pressure is on the wide receivers? A lot. I mean, obviously the past two seasons, not just this previous season, there's been big shoes to fill. Uh, they lost little Jordan Humphrey. They now lost Devin Duvernay and Colin Johnson. So, I mean, that's one of the biggest question marks going into the 2020 season is who's going to step up. I personally believe uh, Brandon Ingles is going to step up on the outside, and I think they're going to be creative with Jake Smith and Jordan Whittington. But um, when you look at Jake Smith and Jordan Whittington, who are probably two of their best weapons in that wide receiver room, uh, they're kind of the typical slot receiver, shorter, stockier, uh, very quick players. But um, I think Brendan Eagles will have a lot of pressure on him. But I think it helps knowing that DuVernay and Colin Johnson kind of view him as the next man up. They've vocally stated that on uh, their social medias heading into the draft and things like that, that Brendan Eagles is the next big wide receiver to come out of Texas. And I believe that. I think he could have a breakout season this year. But I think that's one of the biggest question marks for sure heading into this season. Yeah, but the real question is, do you trust them? I do. I think I would. Um, I'm going to trust them until they show me I can't. Okay. Okay. I, you know, it's an interesting question, but I, you know, I think that's the biggest question mark with this team right now, outside of the defensive side of the ball, like, you know, who's going to play where and what kind of impact they're going to have. And we're not really going to find any of that out until they actually play some games against LSU, against Oklahoma, Oklahoma state, you know, when they really get into the, you know, the middle of that schedule, 
And yeah. And I think it really helps that we trust Ellinger so much and we trust his decision making and things like that and who to get involved at the right times. And so that obviously plays into um, the wide receiver room. So I, I'm, I'm going to trust it. I think they all have the ability to step up and hopefully it works out. Uh, let's hope so. Okay, so a little bit of announcement. Uh, starting next week, we will be going to three days a week. And so... I know this week we only did three because of technical difficulties, but that's going to be the move going forward while we're in this COVID-19 pandemic. So that, that just means it. the episodes will be loaded with extra information. Well, let's hope that we have lots of information to talk about, but that's going to do it for this edition of the Lockdown Longhorns podcast right here on the Lockdown Podcast Network. For Cami, I'm Patrick, and we will see you next week. Hook them. Your Locked On Longhorns, your daily podcast on the Texas Longhorns.